Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 239. And feeling fine. Uh, uh, aren't we, though? Yes. August se- or, sorry, August 1st. I almost said August 2nd. No, it's the 1st, 2021. I am Marty. And I am uh, Christoph, and appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Tuning in. Wow. Just <laughs> clicking play on whichever podcast aggregator you use. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we appreciate it. Uh, you know, we like to talk about the pro res. We like having people talk to us about it, or at least, you know, act like they're listening to us. So, yes. you know, even if you don't listen all the way through, just just click play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That doesn't that's, take long. That's, that's all most of the uh, most of the podcast aggregators care about. Yeah, that, that you did something, you know, Chris, I, I got to say, uh, it, it's it's been a hell of a week. Had you asked me on Friday what <laughs> I lead. thought this show was going to be about, I figured we would be focusing on two hours of dynamite. It was uh, fight for the fall was a hell of a show. I thought we we're going to focus on that. The ups yeah. and downs, the drama, the out of nowhere promos that we didn't expect the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the possible storyline and for hangman page. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to dig into the discourse that came out afterwards, both about putting a death match in television and also how it affects the fine people at Domino's Pizza, apparently. Yeah. But, Pro wrestling got its own pizza gate. But instead, very nice. Instead, <laughs> I get to hit this button again. Here we go again. As WWE has decided to let go of another named talent, as yesterday afternoon, they quickly tweeted, deleted, then retweeted. This time with the WWE.com link word that they have fired Bray Wyatt. I think you mean come to terms with the release oh, oh, sorry, of uh, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, and we yes, they wish they, him the best in his future, future endeavors. endeavors. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I used I used the wrong term there. Yes. Uh, the continued conification of wwe uh (laughs) takes another as arguably one of the top five stars of the company has been removed um he has not been seen since wrestlemania uh before that he had not been seen uh i forget was it elimination chamber Uh, whenever it was it had been a while uh that he was set aflame by randy orton um no, no fiend. Uh, literally, the most controversial character in WWE in recent years. One of the most heavily pushed characters of WWE in recent years. We look at Bray Wyatt. 
one of a handful of guys in recent memory who you can say they tried. Yeah, they 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 uh, beat him at pretty much every single opportunity. Yeah, but they gave him multiple shots at the top. They made him world champion both as Bray Wyatt and as the Fiend. Mm-hmm. And he's gone. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm dumbfounded. Like. I, I, when when it got tweeted and deleted, I was like, oh, is this a hack situation? And Sean Rassap from Fightful, one of a handful of uh, reputable wrestling journalists that are left in this world, yeah. jumped in and said that it was legitimate, expected something uh, more coming in the next few minutes. And then we got the repost and he's gone. Uh, Chris, I'm stunned. It was, uh, still is a shock. It's 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 weird because, <clears throat> like you said, he over the past couple of years, Bray Wyatt um, has been in a lot of marquee positions uh, with matches against big time opponents, titles, uh, and given a lot of airtime for this fiend character. Yeah. Um. And of course, you know, we could talk for, I'm sure, an hour as to whether or not, you know, the 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 Fiend discourse is, uh, had kind of become its own thing even before Bray's re- release yeah. as to just what the fuck was happening, who's 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 allowing him to do this. Is anybody saying no to him? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the infamous Hell in a Cell 2019 match with Seth Rollins that uh, – that, was not beloved by any. Um, uh, but, I, I, you know, you, you look at this is a guy who's been in WWE from FCW all the way through to the main roster for 12 years. So um, he had a he had a he had a good run. Yeah. I mean, his he run in WWE is longer than a lot of the, you know, Hall of Famers. Yeah. To, the, the, the Wyatt family, I, I'd say their original peak right at the beginning of the network era. So we're looking at 2014. Yeah. So a seven year run as Bray Wyatt, uh, before that Husky Harris, part of the Nexus and, and sure. that sort of thing. Um, Wyndham Rotunda had, uh, a very, very high profile run. And, you know, I really honestly could sit here and, and point at the shield versus Wyatt family feud is probably the last, like, generational defining feud that WWE had. That shit was dope. It it was unbelievable. Uh, If if for whatever reason you haven't watched both uh, the Elimination Chamber six man and it's rematch what was on the first episode of main event when they gave a shit about main event. uh, Highly recommend you go back and watch both of those. Um, But it, it felt like at the time this was a sort of rock Triple H in like 98 type feud. Yeah. Where these are the guys that they're going to build the company around. Right. Arguably, right. they did. However, uh, yeah, five. Yeah. Oh, sorry, four sixths of that that pairing are gone. Sadly, they were all released. No longer with us. But yeah, yeah. But they. they well, I guess Dean asked for, uh, or Mox asked for his release. Um, his contract expired. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. So that wasn't a release, but all all three of the Wyatt family were released yes. at the time of their release. Uh, yeah, that that feud was was straight fire. And like you said, it did seem like they were setting the building blocks. And, you know, then it goes to the question of, well, what rent what went wrong? Why weren't 
you know, all six of those men. I mean, come on, nobody, nobody saw ever saw Eric Rowan as a as a world champ. Let's be honest. Um, no, no, I can't say I saw him as a world champion, but at least at that time, you could argue for him. I mean, hell, remember when he was like the the Vinter when he was yeah. weirdly yes. intelligent. You know, th- yeah. this was a guy who could have gotten over in a babyface role, a la a Braun Strowman. Another guy, like someone just did the math. The, of the universal champions, two out of the last three are no longer with the company. Wow. Because Roman won the title in a triple threat match against Braun Strowman and the fiend. Yeah. That's, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And really Eric Roman, the only time I really uh, enjoyed him post Wyatt family was when he was wearing a different metal, uh, t-shirt every week being uh Daniel yeah. Bryan's heavy for a bit there. Right. But, but back to Bray, this is clearly a guy. Here's a guy here's who a guy. here's a guy uh, super creative. Yes. Now, whether or not the type of creative he is worked for what WWE is in 2020, 2021, that's a debate that we really should get into. <laughs> 100%. It is, it is a minefield of discussion. But the one thing you can't say about the guy is he didn't come to the table with ideas. No, he had ideas. And if I'm – correct me if I'm wrong. Did he not spend his own money to like make – get that uh, – you know, work with Tom Savini to get the mask and that was, all that, was that stuff all set he, up? He, he's a guy who – he's a guy. Uh, he, he's a guy who um, he found – when he was doing Bray Wyatt as creepy cult leader. Yeah. He's a guy who found his own theme online. The, the, the oh, Mark I did not know that. theme. Yeah. He sat, he, he found a royalty free music site wow. and was looking for themes and found that such a perfect indelible Mark on that character was that theme. He found yeah. it. He spearheaded much of his own creative. He was responsible for, paying for having the the fiend character created yeah. having the mask created uh he was behind a lot of the creative of the firefly funhouse and all right. these things and again you can argue the success rate the hit versus miss ratio of what he did but the one thing you cannot deny is that he came to the table no he did and it, it, I don't have official numbers in front of me, obviously, but I think he moved a fair amount of merch as well. I believe he was the second or third highest yeah. merch mover for the company, even now. Right. Yeah. And God, you remember that abysmal fiend title belt? $7,000 for one of those. <laughs> I think it was 6,500. Come on. Let's not, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be reasonable. But that, that's, here, that's okay? the thing. You could sell these high end replica masks, these high end replica yeah. belts, uh, the gloves, uh, I feel like there was a fiend backpack. Like it spoke to uh, uh, a very fervent and particular fandom. Yeah. Oh no, there is a cross. There is, you know, a, a, an Eric the Gorehound dead center of the Venegra- right. Venn diagram of yes. horror fans and pro wrestling fans. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy a good horror movie as well, but I'm, you know, it's not my, you know, I'm more of an MCU you, you don't mark. Live, you don't than, live and breathe that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If 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 there was a franchise or or a genre I I, I do, it, it's MCU. I mean, that's my yeah, that's, that's my life. Sure. You know, hooking into my veins. Right. But um, 
The guy moved merch. He got reactions. You know, whether it was good or not, again, uh, we won't get into that. But whenever something happened on a big stage or even during Firefly Funhouse, people would talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the surreal nature of John Cena versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 36. Right. The, and the think pieces of delving that, that, into that the spawned. theme lore that is yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there were some who thought that was one of the best matches in WWE history. There were some who thought it was one of the worst things they've ever seen on television. Polarizing, yes. Creative, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, create. But again, you know, I, I you know, somebody, somebody can be creative and not be uh, market. Well, no, I don't say marketable because I just argued, argued that he was. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. It, it, it's it's kind of an anomaly. Like everything should have. Should have worked. I mean, you know, the comparisons were made kind of from the start that this is the next kind of spooky gimmick to be Undertaker-esque. And, yeah. you know, th- there were variations of him. You know, do you remember the the doomed Pumpkin Spice Balor versus uh, Sister Abigail match that was yes, supposed to happen? Yes. In, in, in fact, I, I, I jumped in and retweeted uh, uh, noted wrestling Twitter user Boss Maz put out there. Yeah. Uh, hats off to the first person who gets Bray Wyatt in a uh, no holds barred interview and asks him what the fuck that match was supposed to be. Yeah, um, can't wait for that I, shoot interview. I I, I want to know too. I want to know what the plan was. But he he definitely tried every. I mean, hell, do you remember the 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 two weeks of uh, Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns super friends? Uh, that was. Yeah, and it led to one of the coolest moments in Raw history of that tag match where Bray is covering somebody and he just points and then did the finger guns magically summons Roman Reigns to hit a spear on the other opponent. Just one of the coolest things to ever happen. But for as you know, you have something like that, but then you also have uh, projecting maggots on the mat at WrestleMania. uh, The weird child chorus. yeah, the yeah, yeah, the child chorus thing. You have uh, Daniel Bryan in a. Uh, actually, that was a hot angle. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk da- shit about Daniel that. Bryan in 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 the uh, speed suit doing the yes yeah. chant on top of the cage, which iconic. he was concussed for and doesn't remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely iconic. Yeah, uh, but then you have the House of Horrors match with Randy yes. Orton that was abysmal um, at best. That yeah, finished in the, the ring for some reason. The, the um, Firefly Funhouse match, or was it a fl- Funhouse match? The match with uh, 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 Broken Matt Hardy. Uh, oh God, yeah, I even forgot that happened. Yeah, uh, that that that's the thing. He in the seven years he was Bray Wyatt, they ran him through the gauntlet, being yeah. the, the 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 if not the one of the top heels going against John Cena. Uh, going against Seth Rollins, going against Dean Ambrose. Um, in fact, I, I seem to recall the um, TLC match with uh, Ambrose and, and Wyatt being unbelievable. But that uh, wasn't the one with the exploding TV, was it? That was uh, no. I think that was the Hell in the Cell. That was the Hell in the Cell. Yeah, um, the, or heck in a sec, if you will. Um, <laughs> it, I, I I can point out so many inflection points where yeah. you go. This could be the moment. This could right. be where he became the guy. And I think that is unfortunately going to be the legacy of Bray Wyatt's time in WWE. They always came so close to pulling the trigger. They gave him so many moments. And I know yeah. that they're a company that loves their moments. They gave him moments, but they never gave him the victories. 
and that's the thing. Like they talk about, you know, creating moments and then it, it moves into making new stars. A, a, a new star can have moments, but nobody will give a fuck if they lose in every major marquee match that they have. Bray Wyatt lost to John Cena. He yep. lost to The Undertaker. Yep. He lost to Randy Orton, yep. I think, in that House of Horrors match. Yeah, he did, because uh, uh, the, the original uh, house was set on fire. That's why he had right. to uh, – by Randy Orton. That's why he had to uh, to build the Firefly Funhouse. Right. So – Oh my god, that god that feud went on for fucking ever. Yeah, it did. When you think about it, Jesus. Uh, but he just lost and lost and lost. And y- you can be creative and have you know a gimmick that gets gets people talking. But if you're a you know a a high art, um, uh, I always called it uh, community college theater uh, sort of production. Mm-hmm. But you're going out there and and you're on your shoulders for three seconds at the end of every match. You could, you're only going to get so far. Yeah. Um, and I, I would, uh, I think the blame, if we are to point the blame at somebody for the failure of Bray Wyatt, the WWE character, it has to be Vince McMahon and creative, right? Yeah. No, for no, no. Not, the, the, for the not company, putting him over to that next level. The, the company failed him time and time again. There's no reason why he could not have beat John Cena John Cena right. goes to the dark yeah. side and ultimately sure destroys the Wyatt family yeah, at payback or whatever not yeah. not at fucking WrestleMania or or you could have Bray Wyatt win at Mania and then lose at SummerSlam you know right. like like build it out spread yeah. it I mean fuck I you know I'm I'm sitting here I'm just thinking about all of these cool things that they did that they never followed up upon um yeah. you know uh th- they had him and Kane do an inferno match uh, yeah. they, they had, uh, I mean, fuck notably in, in the era of the fiend, uh, he's the one who got murdered by Goldberg, uh, in Saudi Arabia, yeah. uh, dropping the title, one of the worst matches of all time. Um, but also in that same run, he had the frankly stunning match with Daniel Bryan at the rumble, uh, the uh, rumble the strap uh, match or whatever. No, 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 no. Uh, the, it was, uh, when, um, I think it was uh, Daniel Bryan. He had gotten all his hair cut and everything, and then had the feud just before the pandemic. With the I don't, fiend. yeah, I feel like there that wasn't that wasn't like they, a strap match. They, they did have a another. They had another feud. So prior that's the one I'm okay. That, all right, that included a strap match. But like, okay, that's the one I'm I'm keyed in on that for yes. whatever reason. I don't remember anything after. What I'm getting at is there there have been all these moments that could have been the moment where they sign off. Yeah. They, they check on him. You know, they say he's our guy and they get behind him, but he never got there for as much as you can, uh, put that parallel with the undertaker, because I think there is a lot of parallels between like circa 94, 95 goofy magic shit undertaker. Yeah. And circa 2015, 2016 Bray Wyatt undertaker won. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Well, he, he had the streak. <laughs> yeah, Bray Wyatt had the anti-streak. He, yeah, he was he was opposite. I, I don't like. Did had he ever? Did Bray Wyatt ever win at WrestleMania? I don't. I don't. I think can't he, recall it. I don't think he did. Oh, I mean, unless you count that Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena, which I think was not even a pin. It was more like a weird moral victory thing. Because yeah. again, it was like an art house film instead of a match. Uh, yeah. They they never gave him that moment. 
He he could have been at best the new Undertaker, at worst the new Kane, where he <laughs> yeah, is this yeah. consummate mystical force of oh you done fucked up now. Right. Except he was he ended up being more Kevin Sullivan in, yes. in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, it, it's a real shame, and you know when you compound it with um, the fact that he had apparently uh, not been back since Mania due to some mental health issues, um, mm-hmm. s- sort of still reeling from the passing of his friend, uh, Brody Lee, um, Luke Harper, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a great time. Uh, according to what was shared uh, by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, uh, the official reasoning was budget cuts, which is not super shocking given he was one of the highest, uh, much like uh, a Braun Strowman, he was one of the yeah. highest contracts in the company. But uh, also, according to Meltzer, there were plans to bring him back in August. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and August is now. So probably would have seen him in the run up f- for SummerSlam. So I would imagine, Chris, where do we go now? I could say what I think is going to happen, at least from the WWE side. And I can say from the WWE side, what I'm scared is going to happen. In terms of what happens to Wyndham Rotunda, I think that's a bigger question mark. So which do you want to hit first? So I think WWE <laughs> side, because I think there's there's more meat on the bone in terms of Wyndham Rotunda after WWE. From the WWE side, I think the given idea is, oh, the Alexa has the Fiend powers now, and they're just going to merchandise the shit out of that. Because what better way to improve upon the Fiend than, than by giving it to an attractive blonde girl? Yeah, uh, no, I get that. But at the same time, who owns the fiend? Which leads me to things go wrong here. They're going to throw Slapjack in the fucking burnt fiend costume and call it a day. Right. I mean, he may be a little too tall. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Nah, that's true. Like, that's true. For, Attention for to co- details, not their uh, number one uh, <laughs> no. trait. No, for for a company that, that sits there and says, you know, they're, they make content now, I'm sure they think they're Marvel and they can just swap out actors for their legendary right. characters. Um, yeah. So my my instinct is, yeah, Alexa's going to continue to do her weird thing with Lily and the Firefly sure. Funhouse I'm sure that will continue because some people who, you know, you question their motives, seem really into that thing. Although uh, Alexa Bliss was forced to go private on Twitter yesterday because multiple people were blaming her for Bray Wyatt's release, which wow, again, great job, Internet. Uh, but God, I, would I be shocked if there's another fiend come SummerSlam? No, because that's where we're at now. I, 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 I'm learning more and more for as much as I may have mocked him. Ricochet may be one of the smartest guys in the company right now because he's getting paid a medium amount and he's happy to be there. Yeah, I know. Although I do still question that. Like, come on, man. You're you're in your prime years. Let's fucking go and do something. Happy to be yeah, here. Yeah, Richard O'Shea. Yeah. Um, but well, let me ask you this. If they recast the fiends and throw somebody else under a, a mask, do the Kool-Aid drinkers in WWE universe prove to be fiend fans or prove to be just WWE stands. I mean, do they, do they say, well, that's, that's not yours to do. That's not the fiend. Bray Wyatt's not there anymore. Or do they say, Oh, this is a great, you know, be typical WWE stands and, and do their, their bit defending I, I anything they do. Split. I think you'll see a split, but I think the, the majority of the hardcores for WWE, not as in the hardcore wrestling fan, but the hardcore WWE fan will be mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, it's still 
still that awesome creative, <clears throat> you know, it's the lore of the fiend. Um, man, I feel like uh, I'm probably going to get some heat for this. Um, I feel like the people who are really into the lore of the fiend, their favorite movie is like the boondock saints. Um, just uh, to I would not be shocked <laughs> if that Venn diagram is a goddamn circle. Uh, but as, as, as Shit. we, as we enter Shit. like minute 23 of debating, uh, the Bray Wyatt fire. I knew it. I knew it would overtake. Yes. Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah. What happens now? I'm going to say my first thought, which is not AEW. Yeah. I think Tony Khan is smart enough to know that that's too polarizing a pick to uh At to pick up now. here yeah maybe maybe some somewhere down the line you know he just is i don't know is, is windy row or something i don't know fucking just come up come out with a new gimmick and and be a wrestler and not have this high art sort of sort of thing yeah i will say however i feel like his creativity mostly suits an impact uh, I, I I was going to say the same thing, an impact or, if you will, a ring of honor, because I think I think especially having gone to best in the world. Yeah, I think for that ring crowd. of honor as a business, <laughs> there's money in a Wyndham Rotunda, not quite Bray Wyatt, not quite Fiend against Vincent feud. Yeah, I mean. I know they're two peas in a pod in terms of character. Yeah, one's a ripoff Rob Zombie and one's Bray Wyatt. Yeah, well, one is Cape Fear and Who's, the other is yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. Or um, uh, not that one. Uh, oh, God. What's the other one? Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects, yeah. Yeah. I I, I think there's there's something there. I think that would work. I think also their TV show is a canvas upon which – Wyndham Rotunda could apply his creativity much like an impact. Yeah, but I also feel like maybe Ring of Honor wouldn't drop the amount of money that uh, he would most likely ask for. Fair. Plus, aside from the Vincent sort of thing, you also have uh, a weird kooky, spooky Danhausen PCO situation happening over there as well. Danhausen and Bray Wyatt could actually be really fun. Oh, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Get, give me face Bray, face Wind Rotunda with Danhausen, uh, and then eventually he turns on him, and then I don't know. Danhausen get serious. I recognize no one wants Danhausen serious, but no, I do not. I, I I I could see it working. Okay, all right. But well. I, I I think especially right now as AEW gets, in my opinion. The last two pieces pieces of the puzzle they need, in, allegedly, allegedly in CM Punk and Brian Danielson. Yeah, they don't need a a Wyndham Rotunda no. Wyatt in the mix. No, it, it, it would just the guy would flounder, and it's not out of a lack of skill or ability. It's just he would either be just like Malachi Black, right, or he would be the next broken Matt Hardy, where it's a square peg in a round hole, and they need to find something else for him to do. Right, and I think the worst idea possible would be to bring him in and align him with the Dark Order. Yeah, uh, uh, hell, that, the Dark Order themselves were basically saying that last yeah, time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. When it was like, uh, yeah, no. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Guy gets released, he should be the new leader. No. Right. No, <laughs> no. The Dark Order, and, and as we'll get to when we talk about AEW, fucking They're fire. set. They're good. 
They, they, they are, are good. Solid. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, my, my money would, would go to, to if, and you know, uh, or when, and if, cause who knows, maybe, maybe the, the passing of, of Jonathan Huber and everything that happened and being released. Right. Maybe this is it for him in pro wrestling. I mean, I'm he like you said, he was one of the highest paid guys over the past uh, yeah. however many years. I'm sure him and 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 JoJo and their two kids or one and a half or one on one on the way. I'm not sure the exact uh, lineup down they, there. They have one and a half children. You nailed one it. And- <laughs> it's the upper half, yes. so they can have a conversation with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's on it's his skateboard. A, just a set he of legs. Really strong arms. <laughs> it's just this, uh, <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm sure. You know, they're not strapped for cash. Is, is, no, is no. the point I'm getting at. I mean, hell, so, uh, Wyndham Rotunda, horror movie director, uh, could actually be a good direction for this guy. Yeah, uh, you know, take that creativity, write a screenplay, man. You yeah. know, like make low budget uh, horror movies and do the con circuit. It works clearly for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, you can make a lot of money at those cons, man. People eat that shit up. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that also with the cult of personality from his WWE run. I mean, yeah, dude could clean up by by just sort of following his passions in that regard. This is true. Um, but this is true. Uh, you know, there was a photo of him just a few days ago. He yeah. looked great in, yeah. in incredible shape. He looked to be in good spirits. Um, you know, he, I, I, I hope he lands on his feet, whatever he ends up doing, uh, because he is, you know, we talk a lot about can't miss guys and how many are missed. Yeah. Uh, I, I think now that this chapter has been closed, you can only describe Wyndham Rotunda as an absolute whiff from the World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Entertainment. And speaking of... The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Chris, I want to break down to you what happened on SmackDown this past Friday. Okay. All right. Well, in, in regards to what uh, hot angle or feud, what are we talking here? We're talking about the main feud for SummerSlam, the Summer okay. in Slam. The okay. slam of summer. Summerfest? Yes. Summerfest 21? As, <laughs> as is Roman Reigns, the universal champion, he will be defending against Jan Cena. Jan Cena. That was a yawn. That was Y-A-W-N, yes. yawn. No, yes. no. Uh, the match should be uh, good. But how did, they, how did they get there, friend? So Do tell. So the way that this angle had worked out so far was John Cena popped up at the end of Money in the Bank. Yep. Then he popped up on Raw, said he was going to be challenging Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns said to John Cena on the following SmackDown, hey, you can't just come in here and get a title shot. I have no ne- no reason nor want to defend against you. Okay. You're, out, you're old. You're played out. I'm not doing it. This okay. led to Finn Balor coming out and saying, hey, you know what? The following week, Finn Balor coming out and saying, I'll fight you, fella. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm here. <laughs> I'm on SmackDown. I'm a universal champion. I never lost my belt. How about you put it on the line at okay. SummerSlam? Roman Reigns says, you got it. Next week, contract signing. We're doing it. The contract signing was this week, and the show kicked off with John Cena coming out, cutting okay. a very odd promo where he was basically... Talking trash about Roman Reigns, 
I say odd because of the way he put this. He said uh, that uh, Roman Reigns' criticism of him for being played out and never changing did not apply because The Rock never changed. Steve Austin never changed. Why should uh, I, John Cena, change? Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. And also he said <laughs> Roman changed every two years. Roman's been the same guy the whole goddamn time. He only recently changed and changed goddamn music finally from the shield. Right, yeah. He dropped the vest, changed the music, and became the heel. Tribal chief, yeah. That's yeah, no, that, that's Seinfeld with rage. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal? He became a heel. And now he does slam poetry. Grimer. Um <laughs> So that was weird. Okay. But let's go ahead and cut to that the contract, contract signing. signing. Yeah. Roman Reigns is out there with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, of course, holding the Universal Championship like it is a newborn baby. Are the uh, are the Oos One and Oos Two out there as well? Um, I don't recall them being out there, but maybe my okay. memory is faulty. Because um, right. and I don't have the uh, the uh, recap in front of That's me, which okay. is something I always use as a Not little important. extra boost to my recollection of things. So. They're out there. Finn Balor's about to sign. Out comes Baron Corbin. Okay. Now, Corbin's Baron Corbin's been doing this down yeah. on his luck, sort of broke, not shaving his head. Uh, you know, he he ditched the vest and just has like three buttons open on his uh, server shirt uh, uh, situation. Uh, yes, and, and it's stained. And uh, basically, since he lost the crown, he is no longer making the money he once did. So he's fallen on hard times. Okay. Uh, All right. He he started a Corbin Fund Me, uh, which was a real website uh, that did people uh, actually give money to? No, you couldn't because it just was a JPEG because they didn't bother to uh, do that much effort okay. on it. Um, but uh, Corbin said, "Hey, look, Finn Balor, I need this match, man. I I need I need the money. I need this much more than you." So they get into a hole to do, arguing about who can sign for the match. Now, I want to point out that the camera has shown multiple times that there's a contract and it has the names Roman Reigns and Finn Balor written in it multiple times. Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor at SummerSlam. I, Finn Balor, will have this match against Roman Reigns, all cash. Sure. So they're arguing about this. Okay. And in the midst of arguing, out comes John Cena. John Cena comes out. He does his whole normal goofball routine, dunks on Baron Corbin, dunks on Finn Balor a little bit, mostly dunks on Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. There's a whole big schmoz. There's a brawl. And John Cena signs the contract. So John Cena, top face, has stolen the match. Mm Mm-hmm. By signing the paper, in theory. Legally binding contract. The yep, legally binding yep. contract of fellow babyface Finn Balor. Well, I think while he was learning Mandarin, uh, John Cena also went to law school. Um, so he uh, knows the legalities of signing his name to another person's contract. So he should be fine. I'm not worried about that. So, of course, Paul Heyman, very mad about this. They go to commercial. They come back. Paul Heyman takes the contract and complains to Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville saying, okay. how can we do this? It wasn't his contract. What have you? Well, guess what folks? Their hands are tied. John Cena signed that contract. He has to have the match at SummerSlam now. And they're going to solve the whole Finn Balor, 
uh, Baron Corbin thing next week on SmackDown. Now, to that kind of makes me think that uh, WWE performers don't know anything about legal contracts, and that actually tracks. Yeah, I that explains that pretty much everything up to and also including you can just have someone else sign for something and suddenly right. it becomes real. So the next time, um, you know, uh, Mike Trout is signing a new contract for whichever team, you know, he'll, he'll play for next. I'm going to bum rush the stage, sign my name to it. And then I will be due, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars over a number of years for striking out at home plate or being benched or, you know, scratching my balls for five hours in the yeah. Uh, dugout. Yeah. Congratulations, Chris. You just need to be there at the right time with a pen. I got a business plan, baby. Let's do it. Now, here's the bit that's also fun. So, of course. But wait, there's more. SummerSlam. We just broke down how we got there. John Cena versus Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns. Well, great Mm -hmm. news. Bobby Lashley. Looks like he's feuding with Bill Goldberg because Bobby Lashley said he beat everybody. No one can stop him. And instead of at Money in the Bank, the next night after Money in the Bank, Bill Goldberg Mm. shows up. Well, Chris. You're not going to believe it. Bobby Lashley cut a promo this week saying that Bill Goldberg is the exact same guy he's always been. Bill Goldberg hasn't changed. And Bill Goldberg isn't worth having a world title match against. Hmm. So he, along with his pal MVP, Mm -hmm. will not be accepting the world title challenge. That sounds familiar. I don't know. I don't know from where. I don't know where I've heard a similar situation before. But man, that sounds familiar. So if if I have things figured out correctly, look to this week on Raw, Drew McIntyre is going to challenge Bobby Lashley for SummerSlam. Bobby Lashley Mm -hmm. will accept. Then go home week for SummerSlam. We're going to have Drew McIntyre come out to sign that contract. He's going to get interrupted by, um, I don't know. Goldberg? Well, eventually Goldberg, but we need a third party in there somewhere. John Morrison. Sure. John Morrison's going to get in the way. And then in the schmas, Bill Goldberg's going to sign the contract. And sure enough, there's nothing Adam Pierce can do. Hmm. Interesting. Also this week, uh, breaking news on uh, the new raw women's champion, Nikki A.S.H., uh, Nikki A.S.H. Uh, now finding herself in a triple threat match at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's title, having to defend against both Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. In turn, the main event of Raw was a non-title match between Charlotte Flair and Nikki A.S.H. Nikki okay. A.S.H. lost clean as a sheet. Oh, jeez. This was the main event of Raw. And oh, technically, boy. the main event was a post-match promo from Nikki Azich saying, you know what? If I try really hard next time, I might be able to beat Charlotte Flair. So you guessed uh, it. This week on Raw, oh, once God. again, in a non-title match, it's Nikki mm. Azich against Charlotte Flair. <sighs> boy. I, I, I think... I think it's not that bold of a statement to say one of the wisest decisions I ever made in my life was stop watching WWE. <laughs> yeah. And I think because we need to end on a high note, Chris. Oh, boy. Let's go ahead and move on. 
That's AEW Fight for the Fallen. That was Dynamite this week coming at you from, weirdly enough, Charlotte, North Carolina. The Bojangles Coliseum, baby. Yeah, chicken biscuits for all. Seriously, though, if you can't get chicken biscuits from the concession stands of that arena, what the fuck are they buying the naming rights for? It's it's so weird because for the longest time, and I don't know if it's still the case, I haven't been there in a while. I think the last time I was there was full gear. The Royal Farms Arena did not sell Royal Farms chicken. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a true travesty that they don't. I it's would just, wreck a chicken box oh, at the Balmer Arena. At the chicken arena. box? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give, My God. Give me those tendies and Western fries. Uh, oh. I, I recognize we may be going super local with our references. Oh. But uh, seriously, oh. folks, it's the finest fried chicken you can get at a gas station. You know what? I'm just going to say it. You take your Wawa's, you take your sheets, you shove them up your ass because Royal Farms, King's Kitchen, baby. I'm not talking Baron Corbin King. I'm talking the king of fried chicken and chicken accoutrement sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the the, the full – you get, you get the, the breast, the wing, the thighs. Fantastic. The chicky tendies out of this world. The wedge western fries mm-hmm. seasoned to perfection. When you, if you're feeling extra artery clogging, clogging, get that uh, side of the nacho cheese <laughs> sauce. Yes. Oh boy, man! Oh man, that'll yeah. uh, that'll I, hit I, the I, spot. Especially if you're hungover, you go in there. Yeah. Get a couple Gatorades uh, along with it. You are set, my friend. I, I had to fight the urge uh, a few weekends back, leaving your house after the MLW show. I did stop at the Royal Farms to grab myself a drink. Seriously, go. was thinking about a uh, a, a large <laughs> Western fry to go. Hell yeah, but, brother! You know, it was like one thirty in the morning, so yeah, probably uh, not the freshest of yeah, uh, my, my freshest batch. Well, I mean, there. there there's that, and I don't know that my thirty six going on thirty seven year old body could have handled home Western fries at one thirty <laughs> in the morning. So anyway, um, ah, now AEW, yeah, fight for the fallen. Now I want pizza. Weird, <sighs> very odd. Uh, show kicked off strong with the 10-man, five-on-five elimination wow. tag match, the Elite versus the Dark Order, and I'm going to say it, the best intros this side of WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom uh, I've ever seen. Uh, that Dark Order video intro Ooh, into boy. the spotlights, into the, the reorchestrated version of Hangman Page's yeah. theme. Uh, from the cinematography of it to the presentation and the prestige, that intro was out of this world. I'm getting chills just listening to you like describe it. It yeah. was, it was, it will go down in history as one of the greatest wrestling introductions I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, like th- this goes up there with Rusev in a tank, yeah. with uh, yeah. Nakamura wearing the crown at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck it. Let, let's go with uh, Triple H as a Terminator. Like this. This is. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> th- th- this is upper echelon of intros. Um, hell, Bray Wyatt coming out to a live version of his theme at, at whatever WrestleMania yeah. that was. Um, this was unbelievable. Uh, as as I I joke to you, uh, uh, I was texting you as it was coming out. Dark Order comes out. They have their intro. Um, pro wrestling is the greatest thing in the world. And I think the dark order can cure COVID. That's, that's yeah. where I was at. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very inspiring on the flip side of things. Yes. You have the elite. Uh, I don't know if this was just them being fucking dorks or if this was a, a bit of corporate synergy happening or I both. think it was both. 
Yeah. <laughs> but they came out in a uh, what was elite squad as, yes. as opposed to tune squad sort of a uh, space jammy um, basketball gimmick, yeah. which um, Don Callis wearing the tiny basketball coach shorts. Yeah. Um, they, they had uh, a ball and hoop and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. They did trick shots on the way to the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had, um, well, they did get a plug for space jam, a new legacy in yeah. on HBO max. Excalibur yeah. even thrown out for how's that for corporate synergy? Yeah, um, I I I, th- I thought it was as hysterical as the Dark Order intro was prestigious. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the and you know going for the polar opposite sort of feel. Yeah. They they accomplished what they were going for. It yeah. was you you were supposed to think this was cringy and awful and God these guys are fucking nerds. Um, yes. and you know they are so mission and, uh, accomplished. By the way, uh, did you catch all the jersey numbers on the elite? No, I wasn't paying that much um, attention. So uh, Omega had twenty three because of course Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah, North Carolina. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it was Matt Jackson had triple seven because, uh, seven is his lucky number. Also a Christian thing, you know, seven is God because six, okay. six, six is the devil. Sure. Um, Matt Jackson had 13 cause that's his lucky number. Okay. Uh, Doc Gallows had 69 because of course. Cause dangly. And yeah. <laughs> Carl Anderson had 2012 because of the 2012 G1 finals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but then they, they proceeded to have a match and this probably will go down as one of the best dynamite matches ever. The, the storytelling, the, the drama, the, the ridiculousness, um, the crowd, the crowd, Hella hot. Uh, excellent use of a double count out finish to take out both yeah. Gallows and, and um, uh, Stu Grayson mm-hmm. uh, after the, the dive to the floor. I got to say, a lot of people whiffing their dives or at least whiffing the catching of dives in that match. It was a little yeah. it was a little bit of a, a, a brutal thing to watch at times. I think Alex Reynolds did a dive to the floor that yep. no – there were literally eight guys on the floor and none yeah. of them got he him. He fell right in the in – in betwixt them all. He, yes. He fell right in between. Um, uh, as I probably could have called last week, Hangman and John Silver were the final two for the face team going yeah. against uh, the Bucks and Omega. So it was, you know, the the pure elite versus uh, Paige, who had been, of course, removed from the elite and his a number one buddy, Johnny Hungy. Um, yeah. Jonathan, John Silver looked like an absolute beast when he gets yeah. going on that locomotion pinball fiery face moment. It yeah. rules so hard, um, and with the, uh, the the combo moves with both Reynolds and Hangman got in for a couple combos as well. Uh, yeah. You know, it was it was it was a lot of fun, um, and shockingly, mm-hmm. the outcome of the match it was yeah. down to I think it, it was down to Paige and then Matt and um, Kenny, or were both Bucks left? It, both Bucks were left. Then okay. um, Paige ended up eliminating Matt. I think. Okay, he eliminated so then it was, right, yeah. No, he eliminated Nick. Sorry. He eliminated okay. Nick and then it was Matt and Omega against Paige. Okay. And uh after multiple uh bits of triple teams. Triple teams and, and belt yeah. buffoonery. Yes. Um, a belt <laughs> shot is what ended up taking out Hangman Page. Hangman Page loses his world title shot. The Dark Order lose their possible tag title shot. Um and I don't know if I I, I will be honest with you. Even hearing today uh, on Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer throwing out there that 
not only is Omega versus Page now not scheduled for All Out, Hangman Page is not on the card for All Out. What? I come on. I, I part of me thinks he's being worked. Yeah, because he that, has that, enough that sources does not in seem there right, that I few, think he's being worked. Few people in pro wrestling as a whole have more momentum than Hangman Page right now. Now, I will say this. If they want to try to extend this out to Full Gear, the pay-per-view named after Hangman Page, right. I get it. But, uh, absolute shock of a finish, especially knowing the stakes heading into All Out. And uh, honestly, this could have killed what was a super hot crowd. But lo, the first of many surprises of the evening occurred as... A deflated crowd was then greeted by probably one of the few faces in this world via video package that could turn a frown upside down. The ace himself, Hiroshi fucking Tanahashi on TNT on Wednesday nights on AEW Dynamite, making it clear that he wants to get that one title he's never had in New Japan Pro Wrestling, that being the IWGP US title, and he was going to be facing the winner of the Lance Archer uh Hickelo match later on this evening. Yeah, big big time Forbidden Door bursting in right there. <laughs> and it was uh, not the last time we heard about the Forbidden Bo- excuse me, Forbidden Door that evening. No, no, but this is uh th- that's I mean that's He's the ace. He's one of the top uh, handful of guys in New Japan. Um, And to show up, you know, video package or not, to see him grace the screen on AEW Dynamite was was a hell of a moment. I was I was shocked. Yes. Shook Uh, it. Also uh, on Dynamite in uh, that general section of things, we had the FTW championship celebration for Ricky Starks, which for me will forever be known as the moment that they decided to put Taz on uh, a, a scissor, lift. scissor lift and Taz danced to a brass band just by shaking his arms randomly. Yeah. It was almost more of like the Cesaro double punch sort of yes, thing. That it was, was very weird. There. I loved it. It was very weird. Uh, Starks went pretty deep on Brian Cage because clearly that feud must continue. Well, there. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, I don't want to say he was shooting because I feel like it was definitely worked, but uh, he was talking about how he had no charisma and, mm. you know, um, uh, what, what was the other line? Um, I, forget, I feel like there was another another really, really deep dig. But the important part is Brian Cage came out with his new theme that's supposed to have like a Terminator thing going on. I did yeah. not like that sound intro at all. It's a little jarring. Um, You'll get used to it. But he put an extra's head through a bass drum. So that was awesome. So, and this is here's my question. So was this a uh, a local pro wrestler who also knows how to play marching bass drum? Or was this just a random marching band guy who was like, OK, sure, I'll take a bass drum over the head. Uh, my understanding is it, it was a mixture of the two because some people noticed uh, the man scout uh, as one of the brass band players. OK. All right. That's a, that's a weird casting call, you know, any yeah. local pro wrestler who can also uh, play in marching band. I, I, I wonder, I don't want, wonder what the overlap was okay. mixed in with, you know, oh, you can I play see. a bass drum rhythmically. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, <clears> that had, like it, it oh, could hurt. Yeah. No, that, that probably <laughs> sucked. Speaking, things of, things, tight. speaking yeah. of things that, excuse me, things that sucked, not the match itself, but rather the injury that caused the match to end early. 
It was FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, this match I was very much looking forward to. And unfortunately, two things went wrong with it. One, I don't care for Santana and Ortiz's new music. It's not yeah. good. It's very bad. Their old theme fucking slapped. Bring it back as soon as humanly possible. <laughs> two, just as they were gaining momentum, fucking Cash Wheeler gets pushed off the apron on the way down, catches his forearm on a fucking turnbuckle hook. Yeah. And gets an ugly puncture wound. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Has there been a picture released of this? Uh, not of the aftermath. Basically, all we have to go on is that like half second shot of him on the floor being looked at right. by the doctors. Which I'm sure has been screenshotted and enhanced. And yeah, and, and uh, I, I just know in that moment, uh, even with the gore and violence that was to come, that that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Well, yeah, because it was a shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't, you know, and um, he immediately went to see the doc and was taken out of the match. And then you saw, I think it was Paul Turner doing that match, uh, yeah. you know, trying to get everybody to to move along their spots to get to the finish. And yeah. it was a very abrupt finish. It was just a brain buster to put uh, Santana. Yeah, Santana. Uh, was, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, Ortiz. Sorry. Oh, it was Ortiz. Okay. Or- Ortiz got taken out with the sheer drop uh, brain buster. Uh, by the way, Ortiz. He's dropped a ton of weight. Yeah. He looked really good out there. Um, and uh, you could tell Jim Ross noticed because you could audibly hear him gain an erection when he noticed. <laughs> and he said it like five different times as well. And also said it about Santana because I'm not sure he can tell them apart. Yeah, fair point. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that this team uh, or these teams get to have another match. Maybe it all out. Um, sure. provided that uh, Cash's arm heals up in time. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it was just a freak accident and also just a freak puncture wound. He didn't have to go to the hospital, just some stitches done oh, really? on site because, sure. you know, they have medical staff on site. Well, yeah. So, but yeah. Um, it, it could have been a lot worse. A didn't lot worse. clip an artery or a vein or anything like yes. that, which is uh, which is good. So, so yeah, it was, it was um, you know, the real, real world uh, sort of limits – what the match could have been, but uh, I feel like you know Q Howard Finkel here. Yes, this feud must continue. There you go. Uh, Britt Baker and Rebel cut a promo. Uh, the intent of the promo is basically they're bringing in somebody to protect them. Hmm. Please, God, don't let it be Mel. Don't. Who's let Mel? It be Mel. You don't remember Mel from the uh, uh, the the Nightmare Collective. Mel, no, I don't remember. She had her Mel. Head shaved by uh, Brandy Rose. Oh, that one. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, just please not Mel. Okay. She's still under contract. Okay, please not Mel. Then we had the big time event announcement. Tony Schiavone via Tony Khan announcing Friday, August twentieth, AEW Rampage's second episode right. would be called. The first dance, and it would be emanating live from the United Center in Chicago. Big room, baby. 20,000 seater. Yeah. Now, why on earth would they do that? The Charlotte crowd seemed to know as they started chanting CM Punk. They did. And the camera lingered on them. Yeah. If that wasn't clear enough, we go to the back where Darby (laughs) Allen and Sting are standing by. And Darby Allen cuts a promo saying AEW is where people prove themselves, even if you are 
the best in the world. I mean, it doesn't get any more clear than that aside from actually saying his name. So. Yes. And considering they moved 12,000 tickets during the pre-sale on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they kind of have to deliver him now. Yeah. If they don't, if Cult of Personality does not play, there's going to be a shit storm on TK's hands. I'm just saying, if you know he's going to be on that show by, you know, 10.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, kick off that show with Cult of Personality and have MJF come out. That's, That's all I'm saying. There's some heat right there, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another idea I saw uh, floated around the internet is um, promise that there will be uh, WrestleMania legends on the show and have the Iconics debut at the top of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that would be iconic. Uh, but nevertheless, if you are telling me, if I am picking up what they are laying down, if you're telling me that the CM Punk feud that he's coming back for is versus Darby Allen, fuck and yes. That Hell yeah. is perfect. Yeah, not not directly into a title feud. I no. like it. Darby's a guy who will go out there and, and kill himself to have a good match, yeah. whether it be gimmicked or not. Uh, I think it, I think it's a really, really solid first opponent and probably one handpicked by Punk, if I had yeah. to guess. If, if, if there's anyone who is sort of continuing the legacy of especially early CM Punk, yeah. it is Darby Allen of, of being, you know, sort of that that counterculture counterculture character. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think it is a an excellent passing of the torch type feud. Hopefully that's what we're seeing it all out. And holy shit, Chicago's just buying up all the tickets for AEW. Yeah. Let us hope that everyone can go to those live events. Uh, well, let's not even talk about it. Yes. Lance Archer defended the United States heavyweight title against Hikaleo with his papa Haku coming out Proud to a papa massive Haku. pop. Yeah, a much bigger pop than either Archer or <laughs> or Kaleo got. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's good that you know you kind of get an idea of what kind of fans are you know there and watching people who know uh, who Haku is. So so yeah, that's uh, that was cool. The match itself wasn't super long. I think a lot of it was uh, in P and P, but um, you know, it, yeah. Uh, it, established uh lance archer as a and, and as a as a big uh dominating champ against uh king haku's uh very large adult son yes and and that large adult son he is a little green still so yeah. you know it was good for him to get in there with another big guy probably learn some things along the way and this means we are getting lance archer against hiroshi tanahashi at the uh august 14th los angeles new japan show resurgence yeah yeah um one of two matches involving aew talent uh as we learned later on in the week we'll talk about that in a few yeah. uh continuing on in the show uh in a moment i certainly did not expect uh we had alex marvez in the back to get a word from cody rhodes in the gorilla position sorry in the dusty position uh to uh find out his thoughts ahead of the homecoming show next week to a massive round of booze. <laughs> yeah, the the crowd has definitely chosen their favorite in this feud with uh, yes. with Malachi Black, and it is not <laughs> dashing Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes gets all of three words into his sentence, and here comes a boot into his face from Malachi Black to a god pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, very, very much. Like so. they're, I mean, they are in Rhodes country. I know. Yeah, and I have never seen an AEW crowd that opposed to Cody Rhodes. They brawl. It goes back to the outside. Uh, or not to the outside. It to goes the from ring. the outside into the front uh, yeah. onto the stage. Um, wrestlers and backstage personnel come out to uh, <sighs> to try to break it up. One of those is AEW Dark Luminary Fuego del Sol. He eats a black mask kick from Malachi Black and go- goes down like he's a character on Family Guy. Yeah. Just absolutely <laughs> goes limp. R.I.P. Uh, Fuego. Yeah. And it looked like he finally got that Nightmare Family jacket he had been wanting to. <laughs> uh, so he's dead. Uh, and <laughs> Malachi Black looks like a fucking king. Uh, yeah. Thank you, WWE, for running all of those promos to make AEW's next big star. Yeah, appreciate it. It's some good work there. I got to ask you, Chris, a- ahead yeah. of Dynamite this coming week, is there any chance Cody wins on Wednesday? Well, of course there's a chance. It's, he's an executive vice president of the company, and yeah. he's Cody Rhodes. So I'd say there's a better than average chance that this happens. Yeah. Uh, would I say that it would be a major mistake for Cody to win this ra- match? Yeah, 100% it would be. Uh, there, There's no legitimate reason why Cody should re- win this match aside from Cody – being yeah but it's you know it's me <laughs> right. i mean my understanding is he has to go away to film uh another season of the go big show okay um, which Good. reminds me snoop dogg's been replaced by dj Khaled, so look forward to that guy who doesn't go down on women being on dynamite soon king shit yes <laughs> um we had uh a miro promo um putting over his match against lee johnson as he d- mm-hmm. does his reverse call out gimmick the best line in a promo full of best lines was that uh, he respects only two things, his vengeful God and his double-jointed wife. (laughs) God damn, Miro, where were you hiding this whole time? Right? Like, how much of a mistake was it to have Lana handle all his promos for so long? Like, is this this a new development for him? Is this his newfound confidence being in AEW? Or was it just lying there the whole time, just not being utilized? Again, another whiff on the WWE side if it's the latter. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Unbelievable how good he's become. Fantastic um, promos. We had a uh, trios match. It was Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express against the Hardy family office of Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, and Angelico. Um, this was fine. Uh, yeah. uh, nothing really blow away. Really, the whole purpose was to set up the post-match angle where Christian Cage was jumped with the Nux by the Blade. Yep. Where's Jack Evans? Uh, I believe he had to go back to Mexico for a little bit. Oh, okay. I was wondering because we've seen Angelico a lot without him. Yeah. Uh, so, and I knew they were both kind of associated with uh, the HFO. Yes. But, uh, okay. All right. Well, that answers that. Yeah, the match was fine. Um, I kind of like, you know, trios match with Jurassic Express and Christian. I, like, if I'm Marco Stunt, I'm like, man, this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> coming in stealing my spot. But, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling that that won't be a long-held uh, alignment between uh, Christian and Jurassic Express. We had a video package putting over Nick Gage, which was of a night of surreal moments, one of the most yeah. surreal, um, live on TNT, the same network where you can watch, you know, fucking... Uh, what, what shows do they even have anymore? I, <laughs> I was just going to say the uh, same network you can watch, something prominent, here's Nick Gage, but I don't think they have anything prominent. The Alienist? 
Yeah, there you go. The alien yeah. is in Snowpiercer. You can yeah, there you see go. Nick fucking Gage. I'm trying to say Animal Kingdom is the one I see ads for now. Oh on yeah, the app. yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, the, the new V favorite Animal Kingdom. The, the NBA. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think that's it. Charles Barkley and Nick Gage are on the same network right now. Well, honestly, if it should be anybody, it should be Shaq because Shaq is part owner of Papa John's. And <laughs> you know what? We might have found out a resolution here. Uh, but that said, he still has to escape the ambulance. Um, Thunder Rosa had a squash match with Julia Hart, where apparently Julia Hart owed Thunder Rosa money. My Uh, God, did she get the ever leaving, ever living piss beat out of her? It was, it was hysterical. Poor girl. We had the rundown of the show next week, which we'll talk about after we talk about this show. Yeah. Uh, we had the John Moxley backstage promo, the other shocking promo of the week where he said, Oh, I see how it is. Hiroshi Tanahashi. You're just going to jump in and get yourself a U.S. title. You've been ducking me, man. You've been ducking me. And uh, he said he's FedExing a whole bunch of open contracts to Japan. He says he doesn't understand why all these Olympians can get to Japan and he can't. Yeah, it was a really good promo. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, so apparently uh, we're just going to have John Moxley fight the world. That's his new feud. The yeah, rest of the planet. I'm, I'm I'm for it. Um. So so yeah. It's uh, he said, and then later in the week was it the, the promo. Was that the same promo or the promo later? In the week? He it said he's promo, gonna. Sh- it was a promo later in the week uh, on New Japan Strong. Uh, where, that's what it was. Uh, he said he's uh, coming to resurgence with a mystery partner. Yeah. There's, and he's going to face the Good Brothers. Yes, going to face the Good Brothers. There's some different speculation about that. Can't be Kingston because Kingston's in New York that night. Okay. Um, unless Kingston wants to have the shittiest night ever. And <laughs> I don't even think the fucking Concord could get him there in time for that. Yeah. Uh, like, if he goes first, he yeah. still has a three-hour buffer. <laughs> right. And then he'd have oh, to be yeah. in the main event. Yeah. And, and literally not miss a fucking stoplight along the way. Right, uh, yeah. Or not hit a stoplight along the way. Um, so it's not Kingston. Uh, they they did recently announce, or rather Sammy Callahan recently announced that he and Moxley will be reteaming uh, for his promotion, the Wrestling Revolver. Uh, oh, right I see. I missed to, that. I just saw him post a photo of the two of yeah. them together, uh, yeah. the Switchblade compa- Conspiracy. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe it could be Callahan. And, and by all rights, it could be Callahan. Uh, I was also thinking it might make sense for it to be uh, Frankie Kazarian to continue that feud. It does make a lot of sense. Uh, especially given Kazarian popped up randomly on Impact this week. Uh, right. Uh, who won the tag uh, tag turmoil titles on – or not titles, but the tournament on uh, on Strong? Was that it, would be the Good Brothers. They did win. They they did win, which Dang. tells me it could be – You know, uh, I, I think the finals were with Brody and somebody else against them. Yeah. It could be Yeah, I was trying to remember who the other one was as well. <laughs> it might have been Dickinson. I could be wrong. Yes. I can't, I, I can't remember if they're correct. doing the Violence Unlimited duo uh, yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. It was um, them. But, I mean, you tell me Mox and Dickinson, you tell me Mox and Bernie King against them, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. So definitely um, some good things could come out of that. And, and it continues this weird chain link of wrestling promotions between New Japan, between – Ring of Honor in New Japan yeah. between AEW and, and All Japan, AAA and AEW, uh, 
AEW and Impact, AAA and Impact. Like everybody is who is not WWE is learning how to play nice. And that's yeah. really awesome to see because we are getting these dream matches on a fairly regular clip. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And then that brings us to our main event of the evening, a match that I never thought I'd see, which was followed up by announcement for a match that I never thought I'd see again. It was the, uh, second labor of Jericho as mm-hmm. in a no rules match. The painmaker Chris Jericho had to face against the fucking god of this shit, <laughs> Nick Gage. Yeah, uh, I was shocked at how over Gage was with the crowd. Super over. Yeah, super over. And and look, I'm not going to sit here and say that that Gage was a hundred percent. I know a dude's been working through injuries. B he's never been the most finesseful pro wrestler uh, yeah. ever. Um. But everything he did got over big to the crowd. And props to Jericho. He made him look as good as he could. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, one, at Jericho, at this level of his career and at this age, has no reason to say yes to a match like this. Yeah. Aside from, you know, investing in putting the product of AEW over. Yeah. Uh, and Gage isn't even an AEW guy. But, you know, the long story is the feud with MJF, who is going to be, you know, the top guy in AEW whenever it happens. He's tailor-made for it. It'll happen. 100%. He, he, uh, he will be the Ric Flair of AEW sooner yeah. rather than later. So there was no reason for Jericho to say yes to this other th- other than, you know, to put over the company. And it's, yeah. it's you know, I... I not a lot of things these days uh, will garner a, you know, uh, that modicum of uh, respect for Chris Jericho. But uh, that that certainly did. He went out there. He did all the crazy deathmatch spots. The, the only uh, thing I could think of is because I, I think Jericho's probably got a contract left in him, if that. Yeah. GCW? Uh, well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> – I'm just thinking he's like, well, I'm winding down and yeah. – this, this isn't something I've done. This isn't something I've done, and it looks right. fun. Yeah. Like, it's going to hurt like hell, but it looks fun. <laughs> I don't know. The level of uh, definition of fun is a little bit it's off. It's not my definition of, of fun. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering if he's like, that looks like something different. Let's let's give that a go. I think he saw Zack Ryder do it the week before. and was like, fuck yeah, I can do this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sure as shit, we, we, it wasn't just a pizza cutter. I, I no. thought I thought we were going to get. Pizza cutter, thumbtacks, maybe right. a barbed wire bat. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. We Nobody. got the pizza cutter. We got two pizza cutters. We got a second pizza cutter. Yeah. <laughs> we had fucking light tubes. Light tubes and the pane of glass. And a pane of goddamn glass up to and including people in, a, in, the thr- uh, in the front row realizing they should have prepared like this was a Gallagher show. Yeah, yeah, you definitely want to bring a, uh, you know, a heavy blanket or something. <laughs> yes, to, yeah, because I wouldn't poncho. say a poncho. Well, poncho, I mean, is not going to stop glass. Yeah, Ponchos are fair. are notoriously yeah, thin, yeah. You you so. need moving blankets for a deathmatch tournament. Yeah, I, I would say uh, you know <laughs> a, a nice fleece blankie. You know, yeah. they have the AC cranked up in there. Uh, maybe maybe just for protection's sake. You don't want glass yeah. shards flying into your fucking eyeballs. But sure as hell, uh, Jericho did it. He 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 took it all. He ended up winning abruptly with uh, the Judas Effect elbow, which is not a, a big surprise. That's been his finish since the beginning right. in AEW. Um, but yeah, uh, this was for this type of match. 
for expectation meeting reality, it exceeded all expectations from from where I sit. I was it, stunned. It was a better death match than the barbed wire exploding ring one <laughs> because of, you know, what happened at the end there. Yeah. But and just for the sheer level of insanity that happened in this match on TNT. Yeah. And not on pay-per-view. I made a I made a joke earlier about Bray Wyatt, you know, could have possibly fallen into the cane roll. Uh, congratulations, uh, Tony Khan. I don't know whether you want to pull this trigger ever again, especially with the fallout of the week. We'll talk about yeah. that in a minute or two. Um, you have a cane that you can pull now, which is you tell the world that someone has to face Nick Gage. Yeah. They done fucked up now. Yeah, pretty much. You like, have to go one-on-one with... The Undertaker. Yeah. Like, you know, Nick don't, Gage, don't sign him to a, a full-time deal, but if you want to give him some random spots where it's like, oh, shit, now you have to face this, could yeah. do worse. Could do I will say, worse. if if he does ever pop up again, can we not have Justin Roberts say effing uh, in his <laughs> – say freaking or don't say anything? Because yeah. the way he sold that sounded, sounded really cringe. He, he tried his best to do the intro. No, I, I I get it, but you but. can't say that word. You can't say that on television. So. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. You can't say three quarters of his intro. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it it was wild, uh, up to and including one of the greatest unintentional moments of promotion in professional wrestling history, which was seconds after Jericho gets his forehead cut up by a pizza cutter, which is, we all know really doesn't actually hurt. It's like having a fucking butter knife rub against your forehead. How dare you? Um, How dare you shatter that? As, mind? as Nick Gage proudly holds up the pizza cutter, and we go to pitcher and pitcher. What is the first ad Domino's freaking pizza. Uh, now, do you think this was intentional? No. No, I, I think this was simpatico because that ad has been aired on Dynamite for weeks. I know. I get that. But, you know, there is a department within a broadcast station that handles the scheduling of spots. I don't think AEW is privy to that. I think they know when okay. they need to go off air or go to pitcher and pitcher. But I don't think they're privy to the traffic side of things. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, there's a possibility that this was planned for comedic effect. If it was or if it wasn't, the level of free advertising virally that Domino's received this week because of it was out of this world. And not only the, you know, over a million rating that they got on the, on on that as well against the Olympics, no less. Yeah. And that was against gymnastics. Like that was a a prime night for people to be watching uh, the Olympics instead of AEW. So bravo to AEW, but this became the discourse of the week up until yesterday. Right. uh, About the, now, uh, some people thought that uh, Dave Meltzer was sort of clutching his pearls, talking about how this could lead to things going poorly for uh, sponsors related to AEW. But right. it turned out uh, he was not wrong. He did not want to make any accusations at the time. But thanks to the legwork of another notable pro wrestling journalist, one David Bixen's fan, it's pretty much all but a given. WWE was doing everything they could to drop into some DMs and reach out to folks about trying to plant a story about this. 
Now, I didn't see the screenshot. What did this screenshot he actually? Did, he didn't share the screenshot because oh, okay. of uh, it would give away who the reporter was. Okay. But right. uh, the company that did end up biting on it was Front Row Sports. And really, we should have seen it coming. Now, uh, when that story came out, Front Row Sports was the one who said that Domino's was concerned right. about the advertising placed during AEW programming. First sure. things first. I'm 99% sure worse things are and have been shown on the alienist while Domino's advertising has been connected to the show. Fair. I mean, shit, that sons of anarchy walking dead. Like I could just run down a list of shows that I'm sure have had Domino's advertising that have shown way worse things. It's a violent society in which we live. Yes. The other side of it is when I read that article, the response felt like the auto-generated response you would get from customer service. Sure. You know, we share your concern. Like, I don't think it's really a thing. But also, this was apparently the first AEW-related story that Front Row Sports has ever written. Who huh. typically post mm. a lot of pro-WWE WWE content. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were also the ones who said that uh, WWE was intending to be like Marvel which out, without even quoting a source. Right. So kind of a hinky source for everything. We will wait and see what happens with relation to AEW advertising. But straight up, if I'm fucking Papa John's. Yeah. I want to be next to this now. Hell yeah. The amount of retweeting and uh, even from the non-wrestling world, yeah. like the the hilarious juxtaposition of dude gets cut with a pizza cutter. Hey, how about some pizza? It got traction across the web this week. Like if the soup was still a thing, this would have yes. ended up on the soup. Yes, yes. Uh, and and kudos to PBR for for reaching out and saying, hey, if they're going to vacate their time slot, we'll 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 throw some ads in there. Yeah. So you know, it's not going to hurt the bottom line. Um, you know, if anything, you could get you you could attract some more, uh, more advertisers who are looking for that eighteen thirty four, you know, uh, age demographic that uh, that AEW has been proven very good at uh, drawing a number in. Yeah, uh, and it continues. Although I'm not sure if it's going to continue this week. We got a pretty weak dynamite lineup. If I'm honest, uh, it's Christian Cage versus the Blade, the Bunny versus Layla Hirsch in a NWA Women's Championship Eliminator match. Miro okay. defending the TNT Championship against Lee Johnson and the aforementioned Cody Rhodes Malachi Black match. Not that's really a barn burner. I mean, I'm sure more will be added sure. because yeah. for the average card, that's that's a low amount. But it's yeah. not really a barn burner on paper. I I, I kind of think this is going to be a wash of a week for AEW. Well, it could be one of those you know story building sort of things. We'll maybe get something between uh, Death Triangle and Andrade. That's true. Uh, we never did cool. see uh, Death Triangle pop back up in the limo. Yeah, that was that was a weird thread they just left dangling. Yeah, I, I thought for sure we would see them show up in the limo WCW style. Yeah, well, you know, there was a lot going on in this week's show. Yeah, there was. <clears throat> and again, had you asked me on Thursday, I would have thought we would just spent the entire time talking about this show exclusively. Because over the course of two hours, you had the life and times of the Hangman Adam Page. You had Hiroshi Tanahashi on Dynamite. You had John Moxley deciding to fight the world. And you had Nick fucking Gage on national television. What? And, and, a well, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and then also, when's the Jericho Hoovy match happening? Oh, yeah. Is that next week? Yeah, that's next week. Fucking Hoovy okay. coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, so there you go. Oh, yeah. There's your, there's your marquee match. Yeah, which is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. That Hooventude is going to have a match on television in 2021. <laughs> um, last I saw him, he um, he got very vascular. Is the way I'm going ah. to put it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. He, he's pissing chunky now. Yeah. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, the juice in more ways than one. Let's so hope he's not like Hank Hill and has a very narrow urethra. <laughs> <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The Rough House podcast is brought to you by the AJ Style School for Talking Good promo well. If you want to like me, have a good talk style words with your speech, simply make sure that you cut the promo for people to be like, yeah, that man has the points for with talking app. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is now accepting applications for prospective new students. Are you an aspiring pro wrestler but not sure if you can handle yourself on the stick? Then call the AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well to hone your craft, just like the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. For example, Claire Lynch, that ain't a, that's not a good. So I was like, uh-uh. And, and then Dixie Carter, she said, hmm. And I'm like, you got it, because I'm, I'm the one that's pheno- phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one here in this environment of wrestling. All right, we got six sides on like, four now, AJ. We got four sides in the one. This is my house, and this is where I live. I'm the best. I'm the best that's ever been in the world. I'm the best that there is. Be the best that there is, just like AJ Styles. The AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well will make sure you're ready to take the squared circle by vociferous force. Classes include Spitting Hot Fire 101, Advanced Pipe Bomb Dropping, and Mush Mouth Management. Send in your application now to the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well and make yourself phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and if you have desires to speak in a fashion much than the way that I have done talks before with the way I've done words all the, with my mouth. I make speak and people go, man, and then I kick people. Usually it heads, I, my head, I'm in the, I kick them in the head is what I do. Um, I'm a uh, total knockout. E, EC, TNA. TNA is what I'm in. Because that's, that's where I'm, Really hoping I get hired by WWE. I'll wear a mask. I hear there's a Sin Cara open. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is located in the Deep South, right in front of Foreign Object Warehouse and perpendicular to the KFC. 